0: Welcome to The Breadwinners, the podcast about the never-ending hustle and its impact on all aspects of our lives. We're interested in what it takes to keep everything going.
1: This podcast is about working, family, research, and policy. We consider the research, talk to experts, and share our takes on what we're all learning
0: about breadwinning.
1: Each week I'm joined by Jennifer Owens. She writes about working, wellness, and women, and founded the Working Mother Research Institute.
0: And I'm joined by Raquel Ellison. She is an executive coach and management consultant who works with companies big and small to design workplace policies that work for all employees. So, uh, Raquel, I have a new client for you. Okay. <laughs> it's Basecamp. And, oh! Uh, yeah. Well, you know, they seem, uh, they look like they're doing a little bit of rebuilding. <laughs> and they maybe could use some, some help with policies, especially around the DEI conversation? Yeah. Oh yeah. So for those of you who don't follow this sort of news all the time and go, what? Here's a scoop. Uh, Basecamp is a product management software company and they've been around for like more than a decade and they had a meeting where they were, they had discussed like, you know, I don't know what it a joke list of names of customer names they had come across in their 15 years of business where they, you know, like, look at this silly name. And the silly names had a lot of Asian and African origin sprinkled among them. And yeah. this company had formed a new DEI group that was very nascent. And one of their first things they called out was this company practice, maybe not so good. Like this yeah. is... This is where we're not having an inclusive mindset when it comes to thinking about our customers, for one thing, let Mm -hmm. alone each other. And so in reaction, the founders were taken aback and they said, okay, we're shutting down that list, but we're also shutting down the diversity equity inclusion group and also no more talking about societal and political things at work. And, oh, by the way, two thirds of the, the employees then, resigned after a very tempestuous meeting when all this stuff popped up where a lot of conversation around white supremacy and white privilege not really existing and just not a very inclusive conversation was happening. And people felt like they, they just, they know we can go somewhere else and work in a more inclusive environment. So all of which made me, th- was thinking a lot about bringing your full self to work. Right. And that your full self includes what you think about uh issues in our society. Sure. Yeah. And so I I think a lot of companies are dealing with this. I mean listen, you have an incredibly homogeneous workforce, not only in terms of like, oh, we're all white or we're all women, but in that where it's the thinking, like we see the world all in the same way. Right. You know, those that I I pinned them over there, but for the those of us who are working in a in workplaces where there are many points of view and to have a committee where that's the point is how do we bring everyone together? How do we recruit better? How do we, you know, I don't know. How are companies having these conversations right now? Cause this doesn't seem like the right way to have it.
1: No, no. You know, I think it's interesting. I, I think companies are, I think there is in many ways an opportunity right now to have conversations like uh, you know, I think that this is a conversation that is happening in a way that feels very different than what I'm hearing is going on out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not shockingly, but you know, people are starting to have very honest conversations, particularly over the past year, since the murder of George Floyd, like, I, I'm, I'm seeing a real change in how companies are addressing and tending to specifically at the leadership level. Yeah. Issues around DEI and so this just sort of comes out of nowhere to me. In a way I was trying to remember is their CEO is Jason Fried, the guy who wrote the 4-hour work
0: week. Ooh. I don't know. I know he's written a lot of books about, you know, team management, but I'm I'm looking that up as as I vamp.
1: Well, you know, because what I, what is interesting to me is like, if you have a four hour work week, if that whole idea is like, we really don't have to do so much work in the office, you know, like, like it's, you know, like creativity comes when it comes and we have, you know, you're, if you're kind of giving this focus, if you're focusing on independence in that way, you know, around the work, right? Are you really able to cultivate a safe,
0: productive and... I don't think he is. I, I think he is he, but he is very pro on having a like forty hour work week. He says there's a essay here of like why the CEO of Basecamp only allows employees to work thirty two hours a week, and and I think it's Tim Ferriss who does the four Tim Ferriss, yeah. What so very there's funny. actually if you start googling Jason Fried and Tim Ferriss, they they actually you know worlds collide about forty hour work weeks versus four hour work weeks, but. Got it. But he is, you know, that's that's what's oddly disappointing about this, other than the, you know, the crux of the matter. But here's a guy who has been going out into the public and saying, I think there are ways that we can work together better. And here, you know, yeah. let's talk about it. Let's do it. And then, I don't know, this is truly what they always say, triggered, you know, like something. Trigger, I guess the, the idea that you have something going on in your team, which is only 57 people, you know, like you can, you can almost see 57 people all in one room together. You know, you you only have to turn a little bit if you're, you know, doing the tech thing and you're all in an open office, but that you would have a practice that is a cavity. I mean, having a list of making fun of customer names, what are you doing? You know, and and to have that kind of lifted up, it's like, is it embarrassment? Is it, you know, that's not me. And, you know, it's defensiveness for sure. It's
1: defensiveness for, yeah. 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 For sure. I mean, it's, I, it, it's the most disgusting practice. I mean, it's just, it's so abhorrent that it's, it's just kind of yeah. shocking.
0: Well, and I think this is a, and, and it's obviously a failure in leadership. You know, there, there's one of their top guys resigned and, you know, like there's been the fallout continues, but it's just a sh- shame. And I know it's a headache. I mean, let you just want to get the work done. Can't we all just get along and you know, all that sort right, of stuff. Right. And it's like, no, uh, you know, you have people on your team who are in pain, you right. know, and, and who are bringing this forward. I don't know. I think might it have been dear pod wife a moment to say, yeah, let's not, uh, where did that, let's talk about why we started that list and how it, you know, yeah, no, right. Th-
1: yeah. Yeah. Although, you know, I, I wonder, I think, I wonder if conversations are going there. Like, I think it's, I think when folks are, when I'm hearing about companies where they're having really honest conversations about DEI and really starting to expand the dialogue, like, I, I don't know if, it's as easy for leaders to commit to not only expanding the dialogue, but also being willing to own, uh, you know, own their own mistakes with right. the organization. And like, I think that's a different level of accountability that is actually kind of a hard one to
0: ask. Real hard. Like it, it, if you don't have it in you, it's hard to say you have to do it, right? You know, like it. you have to have a willingness. You, you, you can't force that on people. Obviously, this guy, you know, and, and it's the expectation gap that he expected that he was Mr. I'm making an assumption here, but I'm sure he sees himself as what a great boss. I'm a great boss. <laughs> and, and, and the gap between he's got a, a team that had been together a very long time saying, no, well, we have issues. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He fell right in that chasm and hit every rock on the way down.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I think it's really hard for folks to get their head around some of the ways that they, some of the mistakes that they've made in creating a culture and not to mention like
0: Uh,
1: how, when they've, when they've become, you know, when they've contributed to something that. Is
0: offensive and makes people feel unsafe. Yeah. And it's funny, you know, this is the thing is that it's, you can do the videos, you know, like when you're at big companies and they make you do a video about like, what are microaggressions? What are, what, what's sexual harassment? But, you know, when you start to muse in a public meeting as their head of strategy did that wasn't sure if there really was white supremacy at the company, that's, I, I don't know. There's a hubris there. Then there's it's a, that's truly white privilege in all of its, its many splintered glories. Yeah, I guess. That you could just noodle on that topic in front of everyone. I think you need to step away and have that conversation in your head or have a private conversation and then come to a team that is desperately looking at you and saying, Hey, we want to have an honest conversation and have a, con- cause I just imagine him saying, I mean, I don't, I, I mean, ah, sure. There's that one time, you know, it seems, you know, much like you would do in any other part of business. This is a moment you have to you have to prep for this conversation. Right. You have you have to have a bit of structure. You have to have, uh, you know, some skills on how to listen and how to, you know, because and also, isn't it? It must be more than one conversation. Right. I mean, right. You mean, is it, should it be one conversation or has it been
1: one one conversation then?
0: No, I think that in, like, if you were doing this as a leader and you were talking about these difficult topics, this is not a one and done
1: type exercise, right? Never one and done. I mean, you need to also be thinking about what are the many different ways, not just what is the one conversation that I need to explain away or justify or defend or whatever that's happening in this case. Right, whatever nonsense is taking place, but but also like, what are the different what are the different avenues you have for having these conversations? What are the different audiences? What are the different collection of people within your organization? Right, like it's not like right. you want to have all staffs every month where you're talking about this, or you know, you don't. You want to have like subgroups of folks who are having conversations about this. You don't change the culture by having a one and done conversation in a big group. once. Yeah. But there is kind of a wrecking. There has to be a recognition that the culture needs, the culture itself needs to be changed. Right. And so if you're pushing the other way on that.
0: It also, and then eventually accountability. If you know, pockets do not change, that's a whole other thing. I mean, we're talking about having the actual discussion, but eventually then what do you do? When, you know, we've all come to this agreement of like, this is what our culture, what we want it to be, what we're working towards. And then not only what to do when someone is antithetical to the culture, but how do you, you know, how do you react? How do you hold them accountable for matching the culture you're trying to become? Right. Because I've seen that way too many times, mostly in the spheres, flexible work. That's that's where mine is, but in this area too. But what do you think about his you know, then the flip side is you don't do any of this. And you just say, you know, there are no societal or political discussions, <laughs> no longer on our company's internal chat forums. I mean, it's that, you know, like an answer, like work is work, life is life, you know, no integrating it at all.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, <laughs> that's, that's probably one of the more. Draconian. and, and <laughs> things that i've I've seen. And I mean, I think it's just so interesting. You, we were talking about this a bit earlier um before we before we started the recording, but just thinking about the tech culture and it is really supposed to be a place where where people can have these very, you know, yeah, where you can bring your dog and drink your kombucha.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then you all go out and play what's the Frisbee golf. And, you know, like, I I don't know, you do all those, you know, I'm young and my entire life revolves around work. We don't want you to ever leave. Right. And especially in the social media world, we don't control free speech. Right. And, you know, until it turns out that, you know, people want to say things you don't want to hear. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, i think
0: it, it's an industry that's growing up basically oh you
1: know, like, yeah that's right. right oh i see until like people say i risk what you meant yeah it is an industry that's growing i mean it, it is it you know I i am seeing some tech companies that are that are really really taking this seriously and approaching this the right way and then obviously some that are that are not and don't really know like what happens when did you ever watch um Silicon Valley? My TV references on the show?
0: No, no, I, I couldn't I couldn't get past the first episode. But yes. <laughs> Those people annoyed me.
1: <laughs> no, well but that's the thing, right? Like what you know, it's this it it really looks at the whole culture of like it's it's a play on Google and Facebook. Yeah. Like so they had a company there called Huli, which was like the the Google of their world and just like with the cereal bar and like all of their like scooters going around campus and like, you know, there's, yeah, it's a whole know. new what world. Like right? we're
0: breaking the world and we're, we're hacking and we're doing right. stuff. Yeah.
1: But what happens when, you know, when those, <laughs> when those people start to build their lives and, and start to like break out of the, out of the, the youth bubble, the cereal bar bubble what happens when
0: Huli grows up I guess well and different. and also when you realize that your culture is way too leaning towards one type of person you know that that yeah. whole Stanford white guy you know however like 27 to 35 year old guy and you know you're like well where are the women where are you know anyone of color you know and like it's so and then you you go, because it's very tactical, you do try hard, maybe you're bringing in people, but then people who are different bring different points of view. And I think that's what's, you know, like, see, so we shouldn't actually have any diversity in our workforce. Done. Got it. <laughs> we should all just look the same and talk the same. Everybody from Northridgeville, we'll just all make a company together. That's That's what we'll do. <laughs> <laughs> well i th- so what are companies are just like you must ha- have be running into companies that are starting to have these real trying to figure out a way to have fruitful conversations about this to actually touch on their culture have, to um see people right to actually see that they have you know a problem with something that's happening in their workplace
1: you mean trying to, you know, am I seeing that companies are trying to acknowledge? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think there's actually a group of people that I've been working with who are all, you know, within the big organization that I work for, like all of these small subdivisions leading, you know, diversity related conversations and efforts. And I think there's kind of a balance of like, You know, things like this, things like these sort of incidents, these kind of fire drills come up all the time, right? Mm. And dealing with those, you know, granted, they're not like, let's make fun of our customers ethnic name,
0: Right. Like, like cudgel kind of like, well, that's bad. You know, at least we're not doing that.
1: No, but I mean, you know, some, you know, things will happen in organizations. Like there will be some, something that happens between two people in a, in a staff that hits the wrong note yep. and, and needs to be addressed from a DEI perspective. There might be a, a press release or a, you know, something that comes out that, that offends certain people because of a certain words that
0: that's used. Yep. Right? That it's a, it's a constant learning process, you know, that I did yeah. I didn't know and I apologize, you know, so let's make it better.
1: But, and right. Like also you have to be thinking about how do you, not just respond to those one-off events, but how do you think strategically uh, right. about how to lead around diversity, inclusion and belonging? So there's a book called Strategic Diversity Leadership, which we can, looking across my room, <laughs> we can link
0: Oh, through, I love like, it. When, I always love when you start pulling books off your shelf. Like, <laughs> oh, just, I just have it.
1: <laughs> I just have it. It's right there. I think that, you know, really helping- the, I think one of the analogies they use in the book is like: Are you a cheetah or are you a wolf in the space of diversity of leadership? We can, we can oh,
0: like. My God! Do. So, what do I want to be? I, no, I'm this a a wolf. Wolf.
1: Like, okay. as in Abby Wombach's wolf pack, as in, like, you know, you want to yeah. cultivate, cultivate growth as opposed oh. to kind of like reacting and responding to crises as they come up, right? So, but yeah, I mean, I think, so I think what companies are doing is they they need to be doing both. They do need to be responding as these things come up, but they also need to be thinking about where can we promote, you know, opportunities for having these conversations? Where can we source uh, people that come into our companies who don't look like the Huli, you know? Yeah, yeah. Where, you know, a friend of mine who just took over DEI, the tech company, one of the things they're doing is, they're developing a partnership with historically black colleges and universities to kind of, you know, that's a strategic move that they're making. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To build their workforce and through these kind of these pipelines and through these connections to these universities and colleges. I mean, I think there are different ways. I think there are ways to to respond to what's happening in the day to day. And then there are ways to you know to start conversations at multiple levels with multiple you know that have not just big groups small groups groups of colleagues who work together groups of colleagues who don't work as closely together right having starting to kind of change the the nature of conversation within your organization to be more aware right and right. addressing these these things that come up and taking kind of a strategic approach to to changing the way that the the, you know, the composition of the organization, all those
0: things. Yeah. And connecting people like up and down the ladder, you know, like so that this isn't all just horizontal conversations, but vertical conversations.
1: Right. Too,
0: right. That yes. Like, yeah. Cause this seems to be a part of the, in this case, a bit of like, you know, why are they all talking about this or something? That's right. what it, it seems right. to be, you know? Yeah. So, well, I'm glad we're having the conversation. <laughs> there you go we're always talking so well you know when they need a good workplace consultant to help them structure these conversations they should give you a call
1: they should for give you a call sure. i'm right here and i so, know we're doing it a long time
0: yeah we're doing it a long time well thank you for talking to me and thank you for joining us on the breadwinners you will find links to what we discussed in the episode description email us anytime at the breadwinners at gmail.com or visit us at the breadwinners please
1: remember to subscribe to our podcast and to rate and review it talk about it with your friends it really helps us grow and until next week keep hustling